But not what might not be, but focus on what could be. Own your destiny. Command your future. Know why you are meant to succeed. Hey, I want to welcome everyone back to actually season two is what we'll call this, uh, The Why Behind You show. Took a few months off. want to thank everyone that is tuning in for the very first time. But also want to thank everyone that have been very consistent listeners. And I've just noticed that, uh, you know, that there's uh, quite a bit of traffic that's actually coming back to listening to some of the previous season's podcasts. So we had 10 total episodes. So for all of you first time listeners, if this is an opportunity and a time that you can go back and uh, just kind of power through those those first 10 episodes, that'd be great because it's really a building effect, culminating effect around where we are right now. So episode 11, The True You, is kicking off the very first episode of the second season of The Why Behind You. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the things that I took some time, gained some perspective, a little bit of a different approach coming into this second season of the podcast series and really focusing in on me, you know, and that's one of the things we'll talk about uh, just to self-reflection. And we talked about that in season one in one of the episodes, but how important that is as we continue to evolve and continue to move forward. But I want to do a quick recap of the first 10 episodes. And if you if you really paid attention to the order of the first 10 episodes, they were it was a building effect upon one another. And so this should all bring us to the point of, you know, after self-reflection of looking at the true you, looking at the why behind who you are, what you do and understanding that. And one thing I'd like to really point out is it's not about being perfect, okay? The enemy of good is perfection. It's about continuing to drive and push yourself, develop yourself. And we're going to encounter those areas and those moments where we find out we're not as strong in certain things. But that's okay because that's part of the reflection process. That's part of the self-awareness. So if you think about what we talked about in season one, how we kick-started this, right? What is motivation to you? What does it mean? And I broke it down into two separate areas. One, the push. What is it that gets you going? What situation you've encountered? What person or individual you've seen, whether it's a mentor or a complete stranger? What have you seen that's actually giving you the notion that, hey, this is possible. I can do this. And it got you up. It got you in a position to put one foot in front of the other. And then the other side to that is what's the pull, right? When you're in the thick of things, what is it that's actually going to keep you going, keep you motivated? You know, in this last several months that, that I took some time away from the podcast, I had an opportunity. One of the books I read was a book by David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me. And I will say that if you are in the reading or you're looking at reading uh, your next novel or your next book, this would definitely be one to take a dive and a, and a look into. I will caution you, there's some pretty strong language in it, but I think that you will be able to look at this and just see an example of a story of an individual making strides, making a transition time and time again, being hit with a lot of hurdles in life and completely overcoming. One thing that, that Goggins really, uh, referred to in the book was the 40% rule. And he said, sadly, most of us give up when we've only given around 40% of our maximum effort. And you think about that. So as we talked about, what is that pull? What is that motivation that you're going to keep 
going and driving. It's going to keep you going through the hard times because everything is easy and it's great to have a ton of, of, of excitement and energy when things are great and when they're easy and they're going how you want them to go. But when we hit that roadblock, when we hit that hurdle, that suboptimal experience, that's the point where we need to dig deeper. And he says it, letting go of your identity and all of your self-limiting stories so you can get to that 60 or that 80% and beyond without giving up. He said, I call that the 40% rule. And the reason it's so powerful is that if you follow it, you will unlock your mind to new levels of performance and excellence. And that's the key. You will figure out when you understand that you can do it. A lot of times our mind is the number one governor as to why we do things and why we don't. So thinking about that, and then when you identify, hey, here's what's motivating me, here's how I'm going to continue to push through, then focus in on that with laser precision, right? Because it's only then, it's like when you have that focus on those items that are going to be critical to your growth, that's when you will be unbelievably and unwaveringly driven. And let's be realistic with ourselves, right? The perception of failure is going to creep in. But I'm going to talk about something that's going to be the last topic that I'll highlight from the last episode that will bring it back. And this is something that is important and it's critical every step of the way through your process. But Getting back to the to the chronological order of, of the last um, last uh, series, failure is going to happen, but failure or the perception of failure is critical to your process of growth, right? Because if you understand how to do things perfectly, then you don't need to have a trainer or you don't need to have uh, someone teaching you on anything, right? You don't need a mentor because if you're that great at it and you're going to get it perfect every single time, then you don't need that help. But the fatal, fatal blow of getting things right all the time is the fact that a lot of times it's very difficult to handle when it doesn't come back perfect or when you don't have the optimal outcome. So perception of failure is all about fueling your growth. And the perception of failure really goes back into the, the thought process of, or, or actually not the thought process, it goes back into your mental focus. If you have someone that looks at something from the standpoint of, why did I fail? Why did it not come out right? Well, your attitude, your mood, your emotions, everything changes, right? It's negative. But when you take the flip side of that, and this is something that was a critical point in my life, of when I didn't get the desired outcome, my number one question to myself was, what am I to learn from this? And that way, when I'm encountered or when I encounter this or experience this situation again, <laughs> I know something to do differently or the things to keep that did, worked well the last time that helps me get a bit easier or helps the situation get a little bit easier. So we only begin to grow because we have experience suboptimal outcomes. We have learned the ways not to do certain things. Growth to me is, is, is a healthy balance of adequate opportunity and constant doses of personal challenge. Pretty simple. 
Challenge and opportunity creates the framework for growth. If you're not constantly pushing yourself, you're not constantly challenging yourself, then and you don't experience setbacks, then that growth can't happen because you don't understand how to adapt when you do experience it. So as we continue to have micro successes on a daily basis or weekly basis or however often, you want to make sure that you're doing a, a great assessment along the way to continue to challenge yourself every step of the way. Step out of your, your, your comfort zone. Okay? Because challenging yourself allows you to evolve your experience, your perspective, and your knowledge. And when that zone of comfort sets in, you have to be able to recognize it and be very aware that I need to make sure I continue to move that needle, move that bar. Because zones of comfort, simply put, equals status quo. But that zone of uncomfort equals growth. You will continue to thrive, continue to push, the more you continue to put yourself in uncomfortable situations because you learn how to adapt. But don't let yourself fall into the mix of fear. Fear of not being successful. Fear of looking um, like someone that isn't capable of doing their job or looking like some or having a fear of someone that, that looks like you don't have the skills needed to be uh, successful or influence others or whatever the scenario may be. If you look at the episode from last series, it's fear is framework for exploiting atypical realities. Again, it goes back to your mindset. Don't fear what is unknown just because of past experiences that may relate or because of past experiences with friends that may have gone through the same thing and weren't successful. You're not them, they're not you. And it's okay if you are uncomfortable and you do have a little bit of that fear, but don't let that hinder your process. So as you continue to push yourself, as you continue to experience that zone of uncomfort, as you continue to experience different levels of fear and uncertainty and you continue to keep pushing through and keep driving yourself, then that's when you slowly are building stronger confidence, not only in you, but also your ability. That confidence is a result of the experiences that you have built over time. And those experiences have put you in situations that you have constantly thrived through and pushed through and had some suboptimal outcomes, but then you learn how to do it better. You learn how to continue to push. But confidence is something that's very tricky because confidence is, is something that if you are, have too much of it or you let it consume you, it can be a cancer. So this is why there needs to be balance. So perceived failure and challenge is also a great balance to keeping us humble, right? Again, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, if you're in a situation where you are constantly, constantly being successful, you're constantly having you know, everything fall your way and you never encounter any hurdles, then when you do experience them, you don't know how to handle it. You don't know how to deal with it. Maybe it rocks you emotionally. Maybe it puts you in a funk mentally and 
you don't know how to really bounce back from that or to get yourself out of it. Again, mental stamina, the mental toughness. So keep that balance. The way you do that is you continue to pressure check yourself. You continue to pressure uh, test yourself as well. So when you do encounter some of those things, patience and perseverance is unbelievably critical, right? So the short-term time exposure can ignite a lot of anxiousness and a lot of anxiety, right? So you experience some rut. You come into a situation where it's not working in your favor. Then all of a sudden, you can't handle it, right? And that could create a level of anxiety. That can create a level of worry. And that can derail your mental focus again. But take a pause. Take a breath. Analyze the situation. Understand what led to that point, And then think about how to critically overcome it. That will lead to you being able to persevere through any situation that you encounter. So, as you think about that time frame passing and you incrementally develop another notch of success of overcoming, 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 or you incrementally experience a set of suboptimal outcomes, patience and perseverance are going to be critical to your longevity of being able to navigate and manage through those things or through that, that situation. And this is a very critical point at every step in the process is self-reflection. Allow yourself the opportunity to have a steady cadence of reflection. Ask yourself, what is it I'm, I'm looking to accomplish? How am I planning to do it? What does my plan look like? How am I executing on that plan? Am I getting the desired outcomes that I want to get? If yes, what exactly did I do to yield that result? If no, what am I learning to change or to do a little bit differently? Allow yourself the opportunity and time to reflect every step of the way. And the last concept which is not only the last, but also should be the first, and I'll explain what I mean by that, is setting expectations in the right manner and to the right level of tolerance. And as I thought about this over the last few months, I thought about it, I said, this wasn't in my thought processes when I first did the podcast around expectations, but expectations are the alpha and the omega of everything we do. They're the beginning and the end. Ex expectations from the onset, they set the tone of our perception of our progress. But expectations also set our perception of our level of success or lack thereof. Think about it. I can't tell you right now that I'm going to go out tomorrow and run a marathon. I could set that expectation and that goal for myself, but I would be setting myself up for failure or the perception of failure because I've not trained in order to prepare myself for that. I've not done the small day-to-day, week-to-week routines and workout regimens that I need to actually set myself up for the success of doing that. So if I set a goal for myself that I'm going to go run a marathon tomorrow 
and then I go out and two miles in, I'm tapping out, then if I look back on that and say, I failed. Well, no, I didn't fail. I didn't set myself up for success because I didn't do exactly what was needed to prepare myself for that. So I set a tone for myself that was going to lead to me feeling like I failed. But if I sat there and said, I'm going to run a a marathon in six months. And I train along the way. And at that six month time frame, I should be ready to run that marathon. But then when you get to the end and you look back on every step of the way, you could either say, once again, I failed or no, that I did. I have my expectations set inappropriately. So expectations from the onset and from the outset are critical. Now, something else that I was actually thinking about, okay, as you look at this, we've gone through all the concepts, the building blocks from last season's episodes, right? To all of these things lead to you, understanding you better, understanding what your potential is a little bit better. And that's an ever-moving target. We have to understand that. It's not static, and it's not going to be something that will be the same for the span of your lifetime because we enter different phases and different points. As I began to think about my day-to-day, my week-to-week, my transition into a new role uh, since the last uh, season's episodes, I've, I've transitioned to a new position and a new role within my, my, my company. And it's something that took me completely out of my comfort zone. It took me a few months to really dig deep and dive in and understand where I was potentially the strongest and then where I really needed to hone in and focus in on enhancing myself even better, even more. So I took a step back and I think about, I thought about this, you know, at first, and at first when I went through this, I was doing a little research. You guys know how I, uh, from last season, I told you I like to do a little bit of research and and digging into things. I was thinking about this, this concept of the true you and understanding you from the perspective of you trying to sell yourself to someone else or convince someone of who you are, what your skills and your capabilities are. And I came across you know, some interesting research, but I, I, I narrowed it down to this one Harvard Business Review article by Francesca Gino that was done actually February of 2020, so very recent article. And, and as I began to read it, I thought about some of the, the statistics in it and some of the research in it, and it made perfect sense. She said, one strategy people often use is to cater to the interests, preferences, and expectations of the person or people they want to impress, which is true. We're very, very focused on impressing the other person. We tweak a little bit of what we do, how we say it, or align our interest a little bit with that individual or those people just to try to woo them, right? To win them over So some research that she conducted along with the University of Carolina at Chapel Hill and Harvard Business School found the following. So when they asked over 450 employed adults to imagine they were about to have an important professional interaction, things like an interview for their perfect job, um, you know, conducting a valuable negotiation for the company, pitching an idea to investors making a presentation to a client, you name it. But something that they thought was going to be 
important interaction with a professional. It says 66% of them indicated they would use catering techniques rather than simply being themselves. 71% reported believing that catering would be the most effective approach in the situation. So that's interesting because what that means to me when I read that is the fact that you're not being your true self. And I always think about this when I'm interacting with someone and I'm trying to convince them of an idea or trying to sell something to them or sell an idea, a concept to them. You know, I always sit back and ask myself when I'm preparing for it, would I buy what I'm selling? Pretty simple concept. When you go and interact and engage with anyone within any scenario, would you really buy everything that you're selling? And when I take a step and think about things from that perspective, and then I, I step back and I said, if there is any point of this that I would say no, then you need to reevaluate that portion of your pitch or of your or your approach, right? But let's be realistic. There's a little bit of catering that has to be employed in all situations, right? But some major drawbacks, what do you think they are? And drawbacks, when I say drawbacks, I mean from catering too much to that person or that entity or individual. For one, when you think about it, it heightens our anxiety. It makes us both feel and come across as phony. Because you're putting yourself in a situation where you are trying to be something that you're not. Which leads to number two of it's less authentic. And you can tell. You can tell in their interaction. You can tell in the delivery. Because the problem is, is it's not genuine. Now, I'm not saying that you have to, you know, be completely raw and uncut and unpolished. And that's just you. Mic drop, exit stage left. This is it. Take it or leave it. No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, let your authenticity, let your genuine, natural nature come out and be unapologetic about it. But be polished, be prepared. And number three is, I said this a little bit earlier, but it's not about being perfect. The enemy of good is perfection. You're not expected to be perfect. You're expected to be prepared. You're expected to be polished. And you have to make sure that you're being you. The plus side to that, and why is it important for the true you to come out? Why is it important for you to be you? Number one, I say, get in where you fit in. It's effortless. It's more natural. And it puts people... At ease. You don't want someone to come and find out that what you pitched them or what they bought from you down the line, they find out that it wasn't really you. And now that creates another level of tension. That creates just another awkward scenario and situation where it's uncomfortable for everyone. Number two, you're happier. You're a happier you. Because you're not trying to be something that you're not. Because if you start out faking it till you make it or putting yourself and painting yourself as someone or something that you're not, 
then you have to keep up the show. And you can only do that for so long. And then lastly, number three, you want people to see and know what they're getting. What you see is what you get. And that leads people to know what to expect. Again, expectations are the key. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Why Behind You. I hope you were able to gain additional insight and perspective from this week's discussion. If you felt this topic was a benefit to you, please hit subscribe to this podcast and share this message with others that may benefit as well. Please feel free to email me your comments and suggestions at you at the whybehindyou.org. I hope you have a great rest of your day and week, and I look forward to seeing you on next week's episode of The Why Behind You.